What's bracken? Brand new whip, new mansion. Brand new tips, new dances. Same old dick, new magnum. Same old shit, new maggots. Same old throne, new dragons. Same old strong, new ashes. I can pass that bit like magic. Yeah, I ain't capping, I'm lit, I'm active. Yeah, look, five and they bit like packs and yak. I'm drowning this milk like Applejack. I sell a bitch, dream, put tax on that. Look, slime they bit that slap and slap. Your bum press roll, that's black on black. Got nine, nine problems, the bitch ain't one yet. Numbers don't lie, it's the aftermath. Yeah. What's cracking? Welcome to episode 14 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Williams. We are here yet again, and it is, of course, yet another bananas week. And um, we're going to just jump right into it. He's tall. He's dark. And a ratchet. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Sometimes you think that, you know, the week's going a little bit slow, and then all of a sudden, Kanye West decides to have a rally. But we'll get into that in a second. I just played Jack Harlow, What's Poppin', which is currently the number two song on the Billboard Hot 100. This was the remix featuring Baby, Lil Wayne, and of course, the very controversial Mr. Purgatory Lanes. And the reason I call him Purgatory Lanes because, you know, he hasn't been officially canceled yet because all of the news hasn't come out. But, you know, we'll talk about that as well in a second. But I want to kick things off with the Ratchet of the Week since last week we kind of jumped over it because there was so much stuff to cover. So we'll give it to Meg the Stallion, who we're going to talk about shortly as well, um, with the Ratchet of the Week. Let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, ay. Let's get ratchet, 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 let's get ratchet. Let's get ratchet indeed, ladies and gentlemen. So as you um, cruise through the Instagram timeline, sometimes you stumble across some stuff that just makes you go, what? So now this one wasn't um, super crazy, but it was crazy enough that they made themselves uh, the ratchet of the week. It's a very short clip, um, about 20 seconds long. And uh, I caught this on Six Buzz. And if you don't follow Six Buzz, that is a Toronto-based blog site where, you know, they're trying to be the world star, essentially, of Toronto. Um, so now this video popped up and it's of a teenager allegedly dressing up as a senior citizen in order to purchase alcohol at an LCBO. So I'm going to run that clip for you. I walk in the club with the coast, bitch. Straighten up, you better focus, bitch. My glass half empty, pour some shit. Matter of all right, so there you have it. So that was um, a young woman who dressed up as a very senile old woman in order to get herself some alcohol. Now, you know, you got to give her some credit for being extra crafty in this 2020 era because these fake IDs, they're not really, you can't really make them like you used to. It's no longer just a plastic piece of card with your information. There's like all kinds of barcodes and things that people can swipe now. So for her to be like, well, how am I going to trick this system? How am I going to game the system and finesse my way into this LCBO to dress up like an old lady that knowing the staff at an LCBO, they ain't going to check for, you know, that old lady's ID. Um, so props to her, but also that's a problem. So hopefully, you know, we don't see any more of these erratic ratchet antics, but the reality is, you know, if one person gets away with it, somebody else will. Are they going to implement some new type of system where they start 
IDing people who are 70 plus? Probably not. So just be weary out there. If you are somebody who works in a liquor store, then, you know, there's there's different ways of, of uh, fooling people in 2020. So congratulations, madame. You get yourself ratchet of the week. All right. So let's get into this um, Tory Lanes versus Meg the Stallion debacle. Now, this was reported initially on TMZ um, a few days ago. I believe it was Sunday morning when this took place. So it's been a week now. Um, but all the information isn't out, which is why it's it's kind of bothering me that, you know, people have, you know, granted some of the evidence is pointing in the direction of Tory Lanez being the shooter. But until we get complete confirmation, I feel like it's a little premature to be jumping the gun. So allegedly, from all the bits and pieces, from all the stories that we've seen so far, uh, Meg the Stallion, Tory Lanez, and a friend were in attendance at a Kylie Jenner pool party. Now, we saw the Instagram Live where all three, so Meg, Tori, Kylie, they were all in a hot tub. It looked like a fun, fun old time. And what's crazy to think is that Tory Lanez up until this moment was probably having one of the best years of anyone else. 2020 has been a very sus year for a lot of people, um, especially artists struggling, you know, not being able to tour, not being able to release music the same way. So for him to have found some crafty ways in doing his quarantine radio, in, um, you know, releasing music at a very rapid rate, pivoted from being under a label to now being independent, things were shaping up for the guy. So up until that moment, you could have easily said that Tory Lanez had the best 2020. And then as of last week, potentially the worst 2020. So from the information that we've seen, allegedly Meg the Stallion attempted to leave the SUV in which Tory Lanez and Meg the Stallion's friend were all in this vehicle together. Maybe an argument ensued. Bullets were shot. She had two bullets or fragments of bullets from her feet that were removed after going to the hospital. And now Tory Lanez is completely silent on social media. All right. Now, do I think Tory Lanez would have shot Meg the Stallion over an argument? I don't know the guy, so I can't really tell you. Based on the information that we're seeing, shit doesn't look good for him. Now, from the things that I have seen of Tory Lanez, is he hot-headed? Yes. Does he like to drink a lot of Hennessy and smoke a lot of weed? Of course. But now weed is more of a, you know, chill drug. And from what we know, he hasn't really dabbled into any other form of narcotic. The crazy thing about this, well, there's a lot of crazy things about this story, but initially reports said that she had cut her foot on some glass and then that's where the bleeding came from in terms of her feet. And then after going to the hospital, they removed two bullets from her feet. And now they say that she was, uh, she released a statement saying that somebody was trying to harm her. Now, a lot of people are trying to compare this situation to the Chris Brown and Rihanna, if you remember back in 2008. The only thing that makes this worse is that there's a firearm involved. Now, as a Canadian in the U.S., I'm not super familiar in terms of what the laws are in terms of carrying a gun. I don't think you're supposed to. So regardless of, of what the outcome is, whether he shot her or not, this just the optics of it all just looks crazy. And already the Internet is in a frenzy and they've quote unquote canceled Tory Lanez. Now, let me be clear. If he is in fact found guilty 
of attempting to shoot Meg the Stallion or having shot her, even if it was an accident, sorry, we got to get him the fuck out of here. Because not only just because of the climate of the world right now, where there's already so much stress and tension among the black community. But I mean, come on, Tori, what are you doing with a firearm and shooting at another human being, let alone a woman that you may or may not be in some sort of an entanglement with? So until we get all the information, I refuse to really elaborate more on it, but there is something else about this story that I feel nobody is talking about that I feel needs to be addressed. There have been a copious amount of memes circulating in regards to this situation. Now I'm all for memes. I love a good meme. When we, you know, chopped down Will Smith the knees last week, it's all fun and games. But now a lot of the, the memes after the police report was released stating that Tory Lanez is five foot three and 120 pounds. I have not seen an attack on another person's height like this since the Bagel Boss. And if you're not familiar with the Bagel Boss, I'm going to play you guys a quick clip of him. So last year, it was a short gentleman who was very upset about how people were treating him due to his height. So it was in a bagel shop and uh, somebody caught the footage in New York City and it went viral. So I'm going to play you a clip of this right now. Degrade women. Why is that okay? Degrade. Why is it okay for women to say, "Oh, you're five feet on dating sites. You should be dead." That's okay. Who said that to you here? Nobody. The women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that shit up? Yeah. Everywhere I go, I get the same fucking smirk with the biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing, pal. Enough, enough. You shut up, too. Shut the fuck up. Go ahead and attack me, big dog. Oh, my God. Careful what you wish for. That grown-ass man was tackled to the ground by another grown-ass man. So... The reason I, I find the correlation between Tory Lanez and the Bagel Boss, aside from the obvious, the fact that they're super tiny, is that when you see all of these memes, of course they're funny. When you see Tory Lanez, his face photoshopped on top of Mini Me holding the gun, hilarious. When you see, um, you know, all these photos of oh, what Tory looks like holding a gun and it's a tiny character with a massive pistol, hilarious. But I just say, and again, maybe this is me just kind of dipping into, you know, bringing in my own drama and pulling it into here. But isn't that body shaming? Why is it that we don't keep the same energy? Now, Bagel Boss, of course, was he handling the situation right? Now, nah. was he a little bit more upset than maybe he should have been in public? Probably. But he brings up a very valid point that men get scrutinized for their height We've seen the memes of, you know, if you're not six feet, then you're not a man or whatever the case may be. Now, this is coming from somebody, I'm, I'm six foot one, but I empathize with the fact that you can't change your height. You can wear some shoes that might give you a couple of inches. Um, there's some, you know, inserts or liners inside of your shoes that can kind of prop you up a bit. But the reality is when we look at people who suffer from obesity, yeah, some people have it worse. They have slower metabolisms. They're big boned. 
But when it comes to height, you can't change that. So I just think that if we're going to keep that same energy and, and, you know, make it so that you can't make fun of somebody because of their weight, because it's a very touchy subject, then leave short people alone. Leave these tiny guys alone because it does hurt. So think about it this way, right? If I was to make fun of, which I have, somebody who has a, a weight problem, one of two things are going to happen. Either that person's going to lose the weight, become motivated and change their life around, or they get upset and they continue to perpetuate that cycle of, you know, eating maybe to cope as a, a mechanism against the verbal abuse. However, when it comes to somebody's height, what are the scenarios? They build a chip on their shoulder and then they walk around with this little man complex and it leads to violence or hatred or resentment, or it just makes them sad. And what ends up happening? Potentially, you know, they end up taking their own life. So all I'm saying is, is that I'm not saying that we should remove the dissing, but let's just make it an even playing field. Everybody can get the smoke because otherwise, you know, there's a little bit of a double standard there and I'm not really that that fond of it. Um, and another reason I played that What's Poppin' record at the, the top of the pod is because I find it interesting that a lot of people have denounced Tory Lanez. Um, T-Pain even put out a statement that he was about to release a song featuring Tory Lanez and Ty Dolla Sign, but now he's a little bit reluctant and he's trying to feel out the energy in the room right now. He's trying to read the room because is it a good idea to release music featuring Tory Lanez at a time like this? But this What's Poppin' remix, I mean, obviously they already had it in place. They shot the music video and everything and um, they had planned on releasing it over the weekend. They went ahead and released it. Some people caught some backlash. I know DJ Drama, I don't remember, or actually not even remember, I, I don't know what his initial description was on the, the clip that he had put up, but he had changed it and you know kept it super generic because i guess he caught some flack on the timelines but it's just a very delicate situation and whenever there's violence involved especially when it's potentially a domestic situation it gets really messy so again i want to wait until all the information is completely out before i really try to tackle that but um it's just not a good look for anybody and you know, it's just very unfortunate that even Meg the Stallion is is kind of conflicted. The reason she lied in the first place is that, you know, she was obviously trying to protect Tory Lanez. Um, so it's a very messy scenario. Um, but I just hope that, you know, it's resolved and people find peace. And if Tory Lanez did try to shoot a woman, mm, sorry, fam, but you got to get the fuck out of here. Okay, so now we've got DJ Khaled rolling out some music with the boy. So if you haven't heard these songs, that means that you don't have an internet connection, not because you haven't streamed the records, but if you haven't seen DJ Khaled's promo, you gotta be under a rock. So I'm gonna play just a, this is actually directly from DJ Khaled's Instagram. He reached number one on Apple Music and Spotify for the Popstar record and Greece reached number two on Apple. So I'm gonna play this uh, Dancing Owl clip. So if you're only listening into this and you're not watching it on YouTube, um, just picture a three-dimensional owl dancing to these songs. Come with me, leave all your things, yeah. You can stop it, Gucci, stop it, Louis V, yeah. Come with me, fly you out to Greece. 
He's a pop star and not a doctor. Now, of course, Drake, he doesn't miss when it comes to records because that Grease record, it's debatable on whether or not it could be a reference song, like not even in a properly mixed record. But again, for it to still reach number two on the charts, it's crazy. The Drake effect is flawless. I don't get it. I mean, I do, but I don't. Um, but a lot of people are, are saying and comparing Grease to a weekend-esque song and saying that Drake has bitten his style. The reason why I feel like that's like who cares is one, how many times are we going to accuse Drake of stealing other people's stuff? If he's doing it and he's getting away with it at this point, what do you think bringing it up now after his long career is really going to do? And I don't think The weekend is even all that phased because The weekend is out here winning just as much. So if you're bothered by his cadence on this Grease record, skip the track. Um, but I like them both. I, I prefer Popstar. I think it's a little bit more gritty. There's a bit more bar action happening there. But I mean, to each their own. I get it. And uh, he went and slid in some French in the Grease. If you don't know what Survoler Paris means, it means just, you know, flying over Paris on your way to Greece. Um, I'm a greasy guy, but you know, I speak some Francais. So we, 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 madame, I don't know why he had to slide in the genie bar in there. And that shit doesn't sound cool in French or in English, but to each their own, it's Drake. He can't miss. And speaking of Drake, he's currently in Barbados, which we know to be Rihanna's hometown. And there's an article that came out from this blog site called Flair where the headlines reads, Drake in Barbados is a masterclass in setting up the ultimate thirst trap. And it goes on to explain why it's a you know meticulous thirst trap where he's showing off the glow up. You know, he's taking some selfies there, flexing the tan, all the new tattoos. Um, and then it also says here, um, he's getting into sports and exercise. So it shows him playing some basketball with some, some friends. Hang out with all your mutual friends in a place your ex will be. That's apparently one of the big rules in order to set up a proper thirst trap. So going over to re, little young Riri or Robin, as her given name is, going to her crib, chilling outside of her home, which I know could be perceived as a little bit creepy. I mean, Rihanna's not there. What are you doing outside her house? Um, you didn't get an invite. Or maybe he did. And then she curved him in the hardest way. But um, yeah, and then they, they also state that um, you have to also act like you really don't care and document it, document it, document it. So, you know, he uh, he dropped a nice little two pack with with DJ Khaled. And I don't really understand his whole rollout with the candles. There must be a deeper meaning to it. But I mean, initially he was sending it out just to, um, you know, some some pretty ladies like Kalani. And then it started happening where, you know, he sent it out to Steph Curry and Aisha Curry. I'm like, all right, cool. They're friends. And then Tristan Thompson, I get he's from Toronto, but it's like, so everybody's getting these candles now. I want some, some Jizzy candles, but fortunately I'm not in his circle of candle receivers. So I won't be getting any of those, um, on some positive news and some comical news here. Um, a good friend of mine from Winnipeg, Manitoba goes by the name of Paul Rablowskis. 
It's a very complicated name to spell, so I'll probably end up throwing it up on the screen at some point. But he is uh, featured in this new segment of stand-up comedians on CBC. If you would like to watch this, I believe there's 12 comedians. They each get about um, you know 10 to 12 minutes of of doing comedy. And he's rep- representing his hometown of Poplar River in Manitoba. And um, it's great. I mean, I downloaded the application because you can't really stream it anywhere else. But it's called CBC Gems is the app that you can get it on. Um, I just saw some friends kind of circulating it. And it's good to see. I mean, he's he's been in the game for, I would say, if I had to guess, 11 years. So to see him finally getting some of the, the just do is, is good to see. So... I want to see more of that. I want to see more people that I know getting featured on these these big platforms and um, getting their moment to shine. So um, love to see it. Very, very funny guy. Um, remove my my friendship with him altogether unbiasedly. He is debatably one of the funnier people to come out of Winnipeg. So if you want to support somebody local and you're from Canada, that's the guy right there. Um, now there's a versus coming up on Wednesday and I'm super excited. It's the one for the dogs and you know, I'm here for it. Why did I just play the, uh, six sound effect? Well, cause we were just talking about Drake and I forgot to play it then. So anyways, so we've got DMX versus Snoop Dogg and that's going to be great. Even if you are, you're not from that era of the the 90s when these guys were really, really thriving. It's going to be great to see because, I mean, we're talking two super entertaining guys and completely different dynamics in terms of energy. DMX is very like, yo, I'm a ducks. I got to say a prayer real quick. And I, I, I'm willing to bet with anybody right now that DMX opens off this versus with a prayer. And if he doesn't, I'll be disappointed. Um, but of course, we know Snoop Talk to be the very chill, cool, you know, 420, you know, Nah, I mean, so it'll be very interesting to see how the two blend. I hope they're in the same location. Um, a lot of people are favoring Snoop Dogg in this battle. I mean, if we look at relevancy, Snoop Dogg has been at it since um, 92 or maybe even I think my, maybe even earlier, but he's been around for a very long time. And DMX, you know, he's he's had some some trouble with addiction and um lack of music being released so um but even with that being said he does have a a pretty stiff catalog but i think some of the earlier predictions of people are saying if it's a 20 20 round bout that snoop will take it 12 8 or maybe 13 7 but regardless it's going to be mad entertaining and i am here for it so if you uh have some suggestions on who you think is going to take it feel free to hit me up because i love discussing these verses because you never really know what's going to happen. All right, back to the sad stuff. So Nick Cannon has uh, been under fire due to some anti-Semitic remarks. Now, if you are like me and you're not really too sure what the definition of anti-Semitism is, I mean, I had a general idea, but just to read it out for the people in the back, anti-Semitism is hostility to prejudice or discrimination against Jewish people. A person who holds such positions is called an anti-Semite. So what Nick Cannon did, he went onto his podcast and he had um, one of the former members of 
uh, I want to say public enemy, or I could be completely wrong, but regardless, um, they went out and, you know, discussed things that I feel like, especially at a time right now where there's already so much tension with racial injustice, they went out and said some really left shit. Do I support anything that Kenneth said? Absolutely not. Now, what I will say is though, is that his apology I felt was sincere and I'm going to read it out here just so that we can see where he's at. So he says, first and foremost, I extend my deepest and most sincere apologies to my Jewish sisters and brothers for the hurtful and divisive words that came out of my mouth during my interview with Richard Griffin. They reinforce the worst stereotypes of a proud and magnificent people. And I feel ashamed of the uniform or uninformed and naive place that these words came from. The video of this interview has since been removed while the Jewish experience encompasses more than 5,000 years and there is so much I have yet to learn, I have had at least a minor history lesson over the past few days and to say that it is an eye-opening would be a vast understatement. And then he continued to say how he's going to be speaking to the appropriate people in order to continue educating himself and to continue the healing. Now, I like this. And what I also enjoy seeing is that Fox decided not to to remove him as the host of the show, um, The Masked Singer. And they put out a statement as well that um, pretty much went, when we were made aware of Nick Cannon's interview with Richard Griffin on YouTube, we immediately began a dialogue with Nick. He is clear and remorseful that his words were wrong and lacked both understanding and context and inadvertently promoted hate. So I think in what they're trying to say there is that, you know, it he accidentally piggybacked on some of the words of Louis Farrakhan and the narrative in which Richard Griffin was trying to paint. So they continued and said, this was important for us to observe. Nick has sincerely apologized and quickly taken steps to educate himself and make amends. On that basis, and given a belief that this moment calls for dialogue, we will move forward with Nick and help him advance this important conversation broadly. So the fact that Fox didn't just jump the gun and say, you're out of here, similar to Viacom CBS that removed Nick Cannon um, from the show Wild and Out, which I don't know how that's all going to unfold because without Nick Cannon, is there even a Wild and Out? Um, but the fact that Fox is understanding that this isn't something that was a deep-seated hatred from Nick Cannon's heart and allowing him the opportunity to, to grow and learn from his mistakes, I think is very important, not just in this scenario, but for everyone. I don't like to see people getting canceled without at least offering the opportunity for people to wrong their, uh, to right their wrongs. So I think this will be a big step for seeing the, um, the equal opportunity and people being able to, to correct themselves. Because I mean, we, we pick and choose all the time, um, who we want to cancel and who we don't want to cancel if, if the situation, you know, affects us directly or not. And I'm not saying that this scenario is less grave or serious than any others, but I mean, you got to give the guy a chance to, to right his wrongs. And this, this goes for a lot of, you know, other things that are going on where you might be like, well, do we cancel this guy or do we not? give them at least, you know, a little small window to try to, to correct that, that, uh, mishap, whatever it may be. But, um, we can't just keep jumping out the window whenever somebody does something. Um, now I initially wanted to come in here and talk about some of the movies that I've been watching because Lord knows I am one of the biggest bingers in the game, 
But I also wasn't aware that Kanye West was doing a rally, his first ever rally for his presidency today. And upon watching that just a couple of hours ago, the internet is in a frenzy. And as they should be, because if you thought the Forbes interview that he did recently was crazy, this was some wild shit. And you knew it was going to be cuckoo bananas from the second he walked out and he had 2020 written on the back of his head. Come on, Kanye. So um, before I jump into all this Kanye nonsense, I am still going to give you guys a couple of recommendations for some movies because it actually ties into this Kanye rhetoric, believe it or not. So the first movie that I want to recommend is a movie called The Gentleman. Now, this movie is directed by Guy Ritchie and is a very star-studded cast. My reluctance coming into this movie is that I saw names like Matthew McConaughey wasn't that excited about him. If I had to rate him out of 10, I'd probably give him a six where I'm just a little bit more likely to watch, but very reluctant as I start watching. Then I saw Hugh Grant and Colin Farrell, and I wasn't really rating those guys because Colin Farrell's performance in Phone Booth, I mean, his accent was popping out left, right, and center trying to play an American guy. Um, granted they shot that movie really quickly, but I was just kind of like, I don't know if I'm here for Colin Farrell. And then Hugh Grant didn't really know much about him. I just knew that he played like, you know, a bit of a simpy kind of character and about a boy. And that's really all I knew about Hugh Grant. But after watching this movie, this is probably one of the better movies that I've seen in the last couple of years, um, which says a lot because I watch a lot of movies. So I'm going to play a very brief clip of this trailer. um, And I highly recommend that everybody stop what they're doing and watch The Gentleman. Well, maybe not stop what you're doing if you're watching this. There once was a young and foolish dragon who came to ask a wise and cunning lion about acquiring his territory. Now, the lion, he wasn't interested, so he told the little dragon to... The dragon, he persisted. How could he? He started a war. So the lion took the little dragon for a walk and put five bullets in his little dragon head. He's warming up now, isn't it? There's a message in there. Maybe you can explain it to me. Boom. So, you know, it's it's chock full of um, action, excitement. There's definitely some comedic pops in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it kind of redeemed those other actors for me because um, I was, in fact, on the fence about them. Now, another movie that I watched, which I was a little late on, is a movie came out in 2018, I believe won a couple of awards, but it's The Green Book, um, which um, if you have seen it, good for you. I didn't see it yet, Um, but this is based off of a true story and I found it very emotional. And of course, if you know me, I'm a crier. So this one wasn't very hard for me to, you know, release the tears, but I'll play a brief little spot of this uh, trailer here as well. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's going to be problems. Promise me you're going to write me a letter. No problems. Tell me that don't smell good. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I'm good. Yeah, so you can see based on on that information there that it's a, um, you know, a, a very racially tense film. Um, but again, based on a true story of the 
um, 1960s American South. Um, so the stars of that movie are, I always mess up his name, but uh, Marshala Ali and Vigo Mortensen um, and Linda Cardellini, who plays um, uh, Vigo Mortensen's wife in the movie as well. Um, great, great movie. Just kind of, again, showing that bond between, you know, people who may come from different backgrounds, growing to understand each other just by sharing mutual experiences. So if you've never seen Green Book, highly recommend you watch that. And then the last recommendation of a movie that I just watched, which ties into this whole Kanye West saga that we witnessed today on Sunday is Harriet. So it's the story of Harriet Tubman. And I'm going to play a brief portion of this trailer as well. There's not much time. You got to be miles away from here for dawn. Where is she? Follow that north star. If there are no stars, just follow the river. Listen for them. Fear is your enemy. Whoa. Easy now. I'm going to be free or die. Boom. I'm going to be free or die. So, of course, the movie um, follows the the story of, of Harriet Tubman. Um and you know the the commencement of the abolition abolition abolitionist movements um and freeing the slaves so she has you know if you've never heard of the name harriet tubman uh please do go out of your way to see the story she freed over 70 slaves herself i think it was like 76 slaves including her um some some friends and family and then um went on to to lead rescue missions saving over 700 slaves so phenomenal movie um which ties into what the rhetoric that was spewed from mr kanye west mouth today now there's a lot of shit that came out of this a lot i took some notes and the whole time the audio kept coming out and i'm like how do i still have so many notes and i'm only catching half of what's being said in this rally slash press conference where he didn't even have a microphone he was just screaming at the top of his lungs while holding up a, a water bottle so like i said kanye came out he had some 2020 written on his head he had a vest a nice little security vest and he showed up extremely unprepared because every single time somebody would interject or he would open up the floor for some questions he had no answers whatsoever now the most viral clips that are, are being circulated right now on social media are his statements about harriet tubman as well as him crying while speaking about how his daughter North was almost aborted. So I'm going to play you guys some clips. Um, if any of this kind of stuff offends you or triggers you in any way, I apologize. But, you know, the world needs to see what Kanye is saying right now. When Harriet Tubman... Well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for all the white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. <laughs> yeah, so as you can hear by the end of the clip there, somebody's like, yeah, we're going to leave after all this. It's like Kanye. Come on, man. Why did you think that that was going to go over well? And what's even crazier is I understand what he was trying to say because he went on to explain how she freed the slaves only for them to later on have to work for a white man and he then compared the national basketball association and universal music group as being organizations that have no 
black leaders in them. So I understand your sentiment, Kanye, but you just can't say shit like this because you look nuts. And as soon as you say a crazy statement like that, whether it be for shock value or to just try to make some insane analogy, you've lost the room, my guy. And believe it or not, wasn't the craziest shit he said today. So he went on to say that he has relations with Gap and Adidas. However, if they don't change, he's walking. And towards the end of his rally, he mentioned, and he was being uh, very specific in terms of what the splits are in his arrangement with Adidas. He says that he owns 100% of the Yeezy trademark. However, only makes 15%. And that 15% was what catapulted him into being a billionaire. But imagine if he would have had a higher split. So now he says, and he used this platform where he's supposed to be running for president to call out the Gap and Adidas and say that if he doesn't have at least 90%, which he changed halfway through his, um, his speech, if you want to call it, he initially started saying that he wants to give Adidas no more than 15%. Then at the end of the interview, he felt so gassed up and charged up. He was like, matter of fact, let's make that 10%. I need 90%. That's not going to happen, Kanye. So you better walk away and hope that you can independently make this off of your your alleged billions. But I don't think this is the right place for that, nor do I think that that's something that's going to happen. Do I want to see it happen? Sure. Why not? If he can own more of his business, I'm not, who am I to say, you know, he shouldn't be entitled to what he feels he should be entitled to, but I just don't think that this was the right way to go about it. Now, he also mentioned that we are controlled by demons, um, that he's not blue or red, and that he's in fact purple. Um, he compared himself to Biden and Trump and said that, listen, none of us have the answers. So then why should we listen to you, Kanye? Um, he made comments about Mark Zuckerberg trying to go to Africa and how the Chinese are buying property in Africa. Did he offer any real insight? Not really. Um, he compared himself to Moses. He said that freedom is the ability to not watch porn. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, the fuck are you saying? This is not presidential shit. And then he says, God says not to TikTok. I deleted my TikTok because I feel like I'm being surveilled. But he's just saying, don't TikTok because God told you not to do it. I want to know what these conversations are between Kanye West and God, because he seems like like, you know, he's got like a stenographer and they're taking notes the whole time. And that, um, you know, he's he's having some real great conversations with the Lord. Um, he says no such thing as an illegal immigrant. Again, I understand the sentiment, but you just can't throw out these headlines like Kanye West sounds like a walking headline for TMZ. This just in on TMZ. Boom, boom, boom. No such thing as illegal immigrants. It's like, what are you talking about, Ye? Elaborate, please. You came out with all these ideas. There's so much going on in your head, but you just can't articulate any of them. Now, going back to this portion of the um, the ramble, because I don't want to call it a speech, he went real personal and intimate about his relationship with Kim Kardashian and some of the things that they had gone through, which led, of course, to him 
being in tears, crying about his daughter. So I'm going to play you this clip of him crying um, and I'll try my best to explain what was going on here. And then he just proceeded to cry some more. So what he was trying to explain at that moment is that one of the biggest topics that was discussed throughout this rally was his views on abortion. Now, if we go back to that Forbes interview that he had, he said that the Planned Parenthood and Plan B is white supremacy, where they put them in these small inner cities in order to prevent the black community to continue to reproduce. So now he doubles down, right? And the only difference is, is that aside, like uh, in the difference between this and his Forbes interviews at the Forbes interview, I can imagine there was a very small amount of people in the room. Nobody was really challenging his views. In this room, there was some very outspoken individuals present and he allowed them to pose certain questions about some of the things that he was saying. So now he goes on to this story about how back in the day when he was, you know, just this hot headed rapper, as opposed to this Kanye that we see now that he was dating somebody and he had a situation, a little bit of an entanglement, if you will, with Kim Kardashian. Now, Kim K calls him and is like, listen, I have some information. And he's thinking to himself, please don't let me, don't let me be the one who gave Kim Kardashian AIDS. That's where his mind first defaulted. Then when she told him, no, actually, I'm pregnant. He was like, yes, thank you, Lord, but fuck all at the same time. So now he goes on to talk about how it was God's plan for him to have a child. And then he started to think to himself, okay, well, what if I had been aborted? My father probably tried to talk my mother out of having me as a child, what if that would have happened? There would have been no Kanye West. And then he gets really emotional talking about, I almost killed my daughter. I almost killed my daughter. And I'm not a parent. So for me, I, it's, it's hard for me to put myself in the mind state of somebody who you know, has children on what the impact of abortion really means for that person. But from the outside looking in, I understand again what his sentiments are. But again, there's extenuating circumstances as to why people have abortions in the first place. So now this is where stuff really started to turn left for him because he says that the solution for abortion is to come up with a different option, like giving everyone who has a child a million dollars. Really, nigga? Now, Kanye West, you can't go around giving people incentives for having children that are that exuberant. Of course, he was just speaking rashly and just without thinking. But I don't want this guy to be the person running for presidency if this is his logic on things. Throw money at the problem. Because earlier, up until that point, he did say, he's like, listen, I don't think that abortion is uh, a bad thing. He, he went in and said, I'm not trying to abolish abortion but I don't want it to be that plan B is plan A. We need to come up with a better solution to give people the opportunity to still have that child and whether they put them up for adoption or if we give you know, some sort of 
restitution for those who've had children or some sort of financial support. Listen, Kanye, if you come up with a, a foundation that and you know you make the the proper steps to um, offer that kind of support for those who maybe don't feel like they have any other options, by all means, great. But isn't that what Planned Parenthood is all about? Is giving you other options, but giving a million dollars to people for having kids? Don't ask me how I know, but I have a couple of, uh, I know a couple of people who, you know, maybe uh, suffer from drug abuse. I don't want to call them crackheads, but, and they pump out children just to get 400 bucks from the government. So if you offered out a million dollars, what do you think that's going to do? I'm going to pop out a few kids. You give me a million dollars for kids, there's no way I'm not popping out 15 of these youths and retiring. That is an insane incentive. He started off with a thousand, then right away wasn't getting the crazy reaction he needed. So guess what? We're giving everybody a million dollars for popping out babies. And he went and continued and, and tried to explain how um, and make analogies between his gold teeth and abortion. That didn't go off well. People were definitely left all the way confused. Um, he made some bold statements like, if I'm over right now, the country's over. Um, I wonder what Kim Kardashian has to say about this whole thing. She was nowhere in sight. And he even went and said before he gave that story about his relationship with Kim and their potential decision for an abortion early on in the relationship that he's like, if I get divorced for this, so be it. So maybe there's already some sort of a, a rift between the two, but he goes on and says, and again, this is what's crazy. I'm halfway through the notes right now. Kanye had a field day today. This is all, this all took place within probably the span of an hour. If you go on YouTube, you can find the full live stream. I think it says like an hour 20, but like 17 to 20 minutes of that is just intro stuff. Now he says that he's just been given a platform and he's just here to bring his ideas forward. I'm all for that. But then he goes and says, yeah, I did smoke a little something last night. I'm like what? And we doesn't do this to people, especially not the next day. You clearly must have smoked some minutes before you jumped on the stage. And why didn't you get a microphone? Like, bruh, come on. This is so poorly presented. And then he goes on to say how marijuana is going to be free in 2020. We're in 2020. It's only a handful of months left. How are you going to make marijuana free? And then he brought up Michael Jackson and Bill Cosby and made people cheer for them. Like, it's like, bro, come on. Like, you're really like, you're already a polarizing figure. And now it's like, you're, you know, you're walking back on a lot of the stuff that you're saying and you're just, you look, you don't look well. Um, somebody asked a question about opi opioids and treatments and how his brother was addicted to opio opioids. And then once received medical treatment, he then became addicted to that medication and that it's a consistent cycle. And Kanye went and said that he's not trying to go at big pharma, but he needs to rather go side by side with big pharma and find better ways to work with them or whatever. But again, not offering a real solution. His ideas on gun violence, he's, he used the old cliche, guns don't kill people, people kill people, and got in a round of applause. I'm like, why are you guys cheering this, man? You're just, just hyping them up for no reason. Um, and then he said, if we don't have weapons, then we're enslaved again. Um, and that shooting guns, you know, I can give you, you know, you can go places and shoot guns for free and whatever. So again, he's just dancing around all these topics. And then as soon as he said the word education, somebody just screamed out, they're lying to us, which I just thought was funny because it was just like 
you know, and it was uh, unprompted, but just very hilarious. And then somebody finally asked um, two questions. They're like, one, can you clear up this Harriet Tubman thing? Cause you didn't really do a good job of that. And then they're like, since you believe in the Bible so much, what are your thoughts on homosexuality? To which Kanye West paused for a good two minutes. He looked confused. He looked like he was in a deep thought process. And then he walked away, came back, told everybody to hush up, took a very awkward sip of water. The whole thing just looked real stressful for him. And you could tell how unprepared he was. And then he went and actually articulated himself decently by saying, listen, my views on homosexuality are simple. God loves everybody, to which everybody applauded. And they're great. Then, of course, in classic Kanye fashion, he had to add a little bit more spice and zing to it that wasn't necessary. He says, God loves everybody. And everybody's family has, you know, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Everybody's family has an uncle that touches somebody. It's like, what? Come on, Kanye. Not every family has an uncle that touches a kid. You're normalizing child molestation. What are you saying, my guy? I was never touched by my uncles, luckily. But there are some people who have been. So you're out here triggering people for no good reason. I was with you with everybody has a family member with a little bit of something like, yeah, everybody has a family with, you know, somebody who suffers from mental health. Everyone has a family that maybe somebody passed away due to cancer or another untimely death, untimely death. But to say that every family has an uncle that touched some kids, bruh, no, no, that is not a normal thing that we should be normalizing. Those people are sick and that is unacceptable behavior and we shouldn't just be normalizing it like your family has it my family has it it's like nah fam i'm not gonna let that one slide um and then of course he didn't really answer any of those uh questions he just proceeded to say that you're all beautiful i'm beautiful paused waited for some sort of applause and then he that's when he he finally gave that last statement about adidas needing to give him a higher portion of um his shares and um, he ended off the interview by saying that this was an extremely good conversation and it was an extremely bad conversation. And that was probably the best thing that he said the entire thing because, um, yeah, there was a lot of rigmarole and a lot of him just pacing back and forth. And I hope the video is released with the full audio because, again, like I said, I caught bits and pieces. But if I got that much out of those bits and pieces, bruh. What else am I missing? Because that shit was nuts. All right. So now the last thing that I'm going to um, to play here is um, last episode, we, we named it Entanglement because there was so much surrounding the August Alcina, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith Entanglement. Excuse me. But of course, August Alcina, the rollout and the press run, it's not over. He went on Lil Wayne's show to continue to elaborate on his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and said, well, they said it was it happened years ago. This happened just less than two years ago. Who are we going to believe? Probably the Smiths, unfortunately, for August. So, you know, he, he didn't feel right with, um, you know, them getting all these views off this entanglement without him getting a little piece of the pie. Cause that's how entanglement works. Everybody gets a piece. So last night he released a new record featuring Rick Ross entitled, you guessed it, entanglements. So I'm going to play you guys a quick clip of that. 
Definition of entanglement It's when you're tangling the sheets Why Rick Ross decided to jump on this record was beyond me. I get maybe, you know, August is, you know, he's hot right now in the press. Maybe this will be a good look, but I don't know. I, I looked at Rick Ross in a different light. I didn't think him to be this whole, you know, catchphrase bandwagon rapper. But, you know, I don't know how this song will do. He just dropped it randomly on a, I think it was Saturday or Friday. It wasn't Friday. I think it was a day late. So it was, I think Saturday he dropped this record. And it looks like some satin sheets with the word entanglements on it. Um, but I wasn't that huge of a fan of August Alsina, if I'm being honest, prior to this whole entanglement thing. After the entanglement thing, still, I think it's his tonality. The voice, the way his voice sounds doesn't really do it for me. But who knows? Maybe he says the same thing about me. But that's neither here nor there. But um we're close to uh, the hour here, so I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. But yeah, it's been a crazy week. I am still waiting to see how this whole Tory Lanes and Meg The Stallion thing unravels. I've unfortunately known some people who've, you know, used, who've attempted to release some music that featured Tory Lanes, and due to this whole dramatic situation, they just didn't think it was in good taste. And it's just very unfortunate that, you know, you put so much effort behind something and, and you work really hard towards um getting a record out and then 48 hours prior to that happening some guy decides to shoot somebody in the feet so again nothing's been confirmed as of yet so i'm not going to go out of my way and say that you know tory lanes is officially canceled he is in fact purgatory as far as uh i'm concerned but either way, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to all these uh, musical rollouts. Like I mentioned, if you are looking for some content to go check out, go check out my homie Paul Robleskis. Download that CBC Gems app. Also, the Versus is going down on Wednesdays, so that's going to be mad entertaining. You can go check that out, Versus TV on Instagram. And uh, those movies that I suggested, available on Netflix, Crave, or Prime. I don't even remember anymore because I need to cancel all of them because they're just siphoning money out of my bank account every single month. But that's it for me. This is episode 14 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I'm your horse, Mars. Your horse? No. I'm your host, Marcel Williams, and you can catch me every single Monday on all your streaming platforms, so Apple Music or Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Google Casts, and of course, YouTube. So like, subscribe, do all that fun jazz, and I'm going to see you next week. Peace.